0: This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to part two of, I don't know what this one's going to be titled yet, but the um, murder of Adrian Jones, and you are listening to Death by Southwest, the podcast where each week I share a different grisly murder story from the American Southwest while my co-host and sister tries to piece together the clues and unravel the mystery behind each of these heinous crimes. I'm your host, Margo. And I'm Jenna. I just did that all from memory. I feel really proud of myself for that. Yay. (laughs) Um, It is three days before christmas and i don't know if this will come out um christmas week or we might save it because murder and christmas feels eh, like maybe not the best
1: tell yourself that <laughs> from a year ago when we started the podcast right around christmas season and i bet we didn't take off christmas week we did not i don't think we, we had did. just it was like our second or third yeah episode
0: that's right that's right um All right. Well, maybe I will put this out. We'll see.
1: Also, it just means maybe you want a week off.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. We need to get ahead. I need to get ahead with the writing. Well, I mean, I guess we should just jump right in. I was going to say we could chit chat for a few minutes, get warmed up, but we know that people don't really like that. So just to give get people back in the mindset of this, we are talking about the murder of Adrian Jones, who was a high school student. She went to school with David Graham, who was dating Diane Zamora, who went to a different high school than Adrian and David. And, and what city are we in or town? Um, we are in... Greeley. 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 Yes. Greeley what? No, we are not. <laughs> Shit. When was Greeley? Last one. Janelle. Yeah. Uh, where We're are in we? Mansfield, Texas. That's right. Mansfield, Texas. So, basically where we left off is that Adrian's body has been found and by a farmer, by a farmer and police have really no suspects. There's not a lot of uh, physical evidence, but they, you know, speak to family and friends and then they speak to a young man named Brian McMillan, who was a local teenager that was supposedly grappling with severe depression and also multiple different people said that he was obsessed with Adrian Mm. and he went in for, we kind of talked about this last time that he was brought in for questioning. He initially said he didn't know her. Then he admitted he did. Um, And police kind of put together this picture in their mind of this isolated depressed boy. He can't get the attention of this popular girl from school. And so he schemes to meet her late at night and then things get out of control. Um, And the night that Adrian went missing, Brian was drinking heavily for the first time in six months, he told police. So he didn't remember where he was or what he was doing that night. So they let him go home, but they still were focused on him.
1: Yeah, they didn't have enough to arrest and or what charge him. Right.
0: Yeah. But... Uh, exactly where we ended last time is that on the early hours of December 15th, 1995, so about two weeks after Adrian um, went missing and was killed, police officers armed with a search warrant arrived at Brian's residence. They arrested him for murder. They seized his pickup truck. This made headlines everywhere, obviously. And a lot of Brian's friends, he didn't have many friends, but the few friends he did have were were quick to defend him they kept telling the police like this couldn't be him he's a mild mannered like he's confused and depressed but he's he would never resort to violence
1: well and when you said depressed i mean the obsessed with her part sure that's a thought that's a a red flag yeah but the depressed part i was thinking sheesh it takes a lot of energy i imagine to murder someone and in general depressed people don't have motivation. Right. They're just, you know, lethargic.
0: Right. Not. But when you said he was drinking. That could change he, things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But his friends are saying ex- pretty much what you're saying. Like he was depressed. He was kind of sad. He wasn't going vi- to violently murder somebody. And uh, Brian's father insisted that on the night of the murder, Brian did go out, but he came back home and stayed home the rest of the night. Um. So he spent Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve in jail. Uh, and a senior prosecutor in the district attorney's office arranged for him to undergo a polygraph test. Mm. And the prosecutor said not only did he pass the test, but he passed it exceptionally well. Hmm.
1: Which I think we know, and maybe it varies state by state, but that polygraphs at this point, they can help and or hurt one's case, and also they can be kind of, or not kind of admissible. Like they're not- They're not 100% reliable.
0: Sure. Like, like you couldn't convict somebody. Based on a polygraph. Yeah, alone. Like, only that's all that you have is a polygraph. Like that, it's not, I believe. Uh, Because I know that there are ways to pass a polygraph.
1: Well, sure, because it tests your heart rate and your breathing rate and your whatever else rate. Um,
0: But yeah, I just believe that it's, it can be a piece of something it that can add to, adds yeah. to a case. It can either add to proving someone's innocent or add yep. to proving someone's guilty. In this case, it added to proving that Brian was innocent, combined with his father saying that he was home that night and no physical evidence. They let Brian go. He had gone out, but then he came back home. According to his father. Right. right. So, um, but that was a, like no physical evidence and a, a, he passed exceptionally well. And his, an alibi. And an alibi he was like go oh. and this sparked uh even more gossip if you remember last episode i was saying that you know gossip, the rumor mill was going strong at this point police are now going back to what adrian's brother had said that he he thought he saw a pickup truck driving slowly past the house and then driving down the street he never saw it in the driveway he couldn't say what it was exactly it was very like a very like i think i saw this and let's say
1: okay so let's say it was a pickup truck Mm -hmm. he couldn't give any more detail like what the make model color whatever nope does brian drive a pickup
0: i believe no okay um and so that's a great question that's a really good question i would imagine if brian did drive a pickup we'd know you would have found yeah and he would be he would not have been released um so but Police started conducting computer searches to locate any students who owned any type of pickup truck.
1: Any students that go to whom whose school? Any, either. Adrian's school. Okay.
0: Which is the same school as David.
1: Right. But what about
0: that other school where. Well, um, Diane goes to a different school, but it's about 18, 20 miles away. And. Okay. Diane, so
1: at least that's a place to start. Like,
0: right. Like, start they don't with the they have no school. school. There's no. Diane and Adrian. As far as police know, don't know each other, right? Also, this seemed kind of like a wild goose chase because the the pickup truck wasn't in the driveway. Like, what's to say it wasn't just a pickup truck driving that drove down the by, road? Yeah, you know. Um, but I guess
1: when you don't have a lot of leads, that's true. You take any lead. That's true. I, mean, I don't know if that's true.
0: That's just my no. Where I think my that I goes. think that is true. You have to like you're grasping at straws. Got to start somewhere, right? So. Uh, I found something interesting in, in an article that said nobody speculated that Adrian may have mentioned Brian was on the other line when she was talking to her boyfriend said that to her boyfriend to conceal who was actually on the other line. Oh because she doesn't like Brian or didn't. Well Brian was. Yeah she didn't like Brian. She, Brian she was stalking felt her, weird kind about of, Brian. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe she just threw that name out there to, to make sure that. Her boyfriend didn't because remember she slept with David, right? Maybe it was David or another guy she had a crush on or another sure, person. It, we don't know, but right. she told her mom it was David. Right? She told her boyfriend it was Brian. <sighs> oh, that makes me think it's David. But go on. Uh, so, so that's that was kind of a theory that maybe. She, She said that to Tracy. She said it was Brian to Tracy to hide the fact that she was talking to David or someone else. But David's what she told her mom. And then it wasn't until months later where police are still like spinning in circles. Brian, Tracy, David. These are the people she talked to. Yeah. What about phone records? I don't. Wow.
1: You're going to have to cut this. What
0: year is this? 1995.
1: I mean, I think there's some sort of phone record, right? A home phone. I don't know but that would be okay coming from 2023 or that would be exactly where you would start who was on call waiting yeah maybe they couldn't in 95 yeah I don't know that's that's a great lookup list I know I don't have my notebook and we don't do those lookup lists really (laughs) I know but I'd like to do yeah I'd like to know just for myself yeah anyways
0: anywho anywho Um, so it was months later when police are still kind of looking at Brian, at Tracy, at David, So there's three people she talked to that night, that Tina Dollar, which I love that name, Mm -hmm. the manager at Golden Fried Chicken where Adrian worked, went to police and said, "I, I do remember Adrian once taking a picture out of her wallet and showing me that this boy that she was interested in liked. And Tina said, she pulled the picture out and showed me and and Adrian said his name is David. She pulled out the picture of a boy she liked. Adrian, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And showed it to her manager when she was alive, obviously. Sure. <laughs> well, this could take a turn into a different
1: kind of realm, but yes, I hear you. <laughs>
0: um it, police were, you know, welcoming any information, but they weren't this didn't really do much for them.
1: Well, and when you said they were looking into Tracy and David and Brian, the three people she was on the phone with that night. Well, she right. She wasn't alleged on the f- or, or allegedly. Three people she talked to or whatever. Supposedly.
0: Allegedly, right? But she talked to Tracy for sure, and then either David or Brian. Right. We don't know. Or neither or neither. That's true. So this pic this this picture that Tina Dollar said she saw and that Adrian said it's David, you know, okay. Didn't do anything for police. There was nothing there. So in the summer of 1996, after interviewing nearly 300 people. Like high school kids, probably some with pickup trucks. Sure. Detectives decided to put this case on what they called slow down mode. And Bill and Linda Jones, Adrian's parents, were just more and more distraught and desperate for answers.
1: What is slow? I mean... I can only assume slow down mode mode means this is no longer acute. where it's not our tippy top story that yeah. we're investing or no a, longer a, a, a investigation. Priority. Right. Yeah. Uh, because that's kind of interesting because I get it's been however many months or a year about a year. No. And they haven't gotten many leads or gotten far but the person it's been about is, six months actually. the person's still dead the thing still happened and I get they have, nobody has been caught I get they have additional things to investigate people to investigate but still like this murderer is out there it's like if we can't find something
0: within this amount of time we put it on slowdown mode which seems crazy because it wasn't that big of a town and so to know that somebody murdered a teenage girl and was still out there Maybe not. Maybe they took off and went somewhere else. But yeah. And in the summer of 1996. So she was murdered December 1995. So January. Six months. Six months. It's not that much time. Also, did they look at
1: the in a small town, smaller town or smaller city? I wonder if they looked at people who had registered. I'm sure they did. Bullets can go to a lot of guns, but just even gun registers. Yeah. Gun owners. Yeah. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Um, I mean I'm acting like I'm coming up with the innovative ideas no but but those are really like I'm
0: uh, certain you know what's interesting I probably won't cut this actually but you know what's interesting is that it's good to hear those questions because sometimes now when I'm researching I hear your questions in my head and I specifically look for things because I didn't even I'm so focused on just getting the details of the story that are available that I'm not thinking like well, why didn't they, did they talk to everybody who had, who owned a gun in town or yep. that type of gun? Or, you know, why didn't they look at phone records? Were phone records available? Like those are very legitimate questions that quite frankly, don't go through my head when I'm researching and writing these. So I, I need to maybe pay more attention, but I'll ask them. So I like those questions. I need to try and remember those so we can look them up. Um, so, so the case is on slowdown mode. Bill and Linda are, are just in despair, wanting answers. Um, Bill said that he had to restrain himself from interrogating every teenager that he saw in town. Mm. I bet. At night, every night, every single night, Linda would get into her car and drive to the site where Adrian was found, hoping that the killer might like be lurking around. Mm. Also around this time, it was happier news for David and Diane because they learned within days of each other that they had both been accepted to their military academies that they applied to. Mm. And so they were going to only have to be communicating via email, phone, when they could. Did they use, I guess, 96? 95, 96. Oh, yeah, 96, 97. There was email. Yeah. Yeah. So at first, they did a great job of speaking every day through email. They maintained, both of them felt that they maintained their closeness, even though their physical distance was far apart. But they both went through... Um, whatever that initial training is called in the beginning, like six weeks. And it was grueling. Mm -hmm. It was very, very hard. And for some reason, Diane started to get suspicious that David maybe wasn't being faithful to her. She started feeling distrustful towards him. Mm. She still stayed kind of steadfast in that they're going to get married in five years, that they're still going to stay together. There was just something inside of her that was like... Intuition. Yeah. Or just being apart for that
1: long. Well, and I was like, going to say, this is like not uncommon even in today's day and age where there's right. all kinds of ways to stay in touch. Sure, It's common, I, I believe it's pretty common to start off good and strong in a distance relationship and then you talk less you get
0: busier you make friends especially if you're in in a military academy yeah Yeah, absolutely so according to diane's peers at her military academy she was experiencing intense emotional moments she would break out into crying when david didn't respond to her emails she expressed to her peers suspicions that david was cheating she also expressed these suspicions to david um, he, she thought that he might be unfaithful with a female cadet at the Air Force Academy where he was. I'm guessing he denied that? He did. So this is the first time that they had ever really been apart and the first time that Diane had ever experienced this kind of like jealousy because they were so obsessed with each other when they were in the same place. They they weren't jealous they were always together so this is the kind of her first experience with that
1: well also think about this where did you say one of you named the air force academy i mean i don't know where that is but it's got to be in colorado it's big right like come on yeah okay so they came from a smaller town i kind of first thought like big fish small pond now they're smaller fish in big Big ponds not together physically right and living presumably independent you yeah. know independent from their families right for the first time ever so many new stressors so just new life people. is
0: totally different totally different I mean going to college is totally different I can't imagine going to a military academy where you're you're going to school and you're also being like physically tested in yeah. so many ways. And there's much more stringent rules. You're not going to keg parties at the Air Force Which I'm not sure which is better or worse for a long distance relationship. I just think both are challenging. So Diane decided she was going to make David jealous as well. She was like, I hate feeling jealousy. So I'm going to make David jealous. So she stopped sending emails to him for several days. She told him uh, somehow, I don't know how, but said her computer had malfunctioned. Eventually, she sent David an email telling him that Jay, her squad leader, had kissed her.
1: Don't miss what happens next in today's episode. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors.
0: allowing you to not only enjoy the detective adventure but also to personalize and decorate your very own orchid island where the story takes place how sharp are your detective skills find out when you download june's journey on your android or ios device or play online via facebook games your detective journey awaits And Jay was a very good looking uh squad leader from suburban Chicago.
1: Was that true to what you know? Or was this her putting it on to make him jelly?
0: I don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Either which
0: way. Uh I do know I do know. So Okay, so, but not right now, you don't. Right. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know, so you don't know right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. So uh, upon learning about Diane's involvement with Jay, David tried to reach out to naval authorities to report Jay's alleged sexual harassment because David is seeing it as like, this is her superior. That can't happen. There's a power dynamic, yeah. And Diane made it sound like Jay kissed her, like she wasn't into it. Right, because she
1: she didn't also want to be the one. So whether it's true or not, she's maybe didn't think that through and she
0: just kind of put it on this person. She wants to blame him. She wants to be blameless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And David believed her. Whether it's true or not he believed her. He was upset. He tried to contact the naval authorities and then he started sending aggressive emails to Jay warning Jay do not associate with Diane anymore or you're going to be sorry. How did he get Jay's email? I know you don't know that. Or it doesn't
1: matter. It's ultimately, be a military directory. But probably. so
0: Jay was a real person. Yes, that she had
1: probably talked about when they first got to their is her squad leader. It played. was her squad okay, leader. Yeah. So she
0: was definitely in constant contact Ooh, with in Jay. In a
1: way, I hope uh, this sounds weird, but I hope Jay and her did kiss uh, consensually. I guess because otherwise, if she just made that up, and well, then that sucks for Jay. Oh yeah, yeah. That could affect Ruined his, his life. whole
0: out career outlook. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so, uh, one of David's friends mentioned that David would regularly, uh, handwrite letters today to Diane, pleading her not to cheat on him. Please don't betray me. Um, he would include lines in his letters such as quote, remember the ties that unite us. Huh. Jay was actually interested in Diane. Uh, he was kind of captivated by her but he respected that she had a boyfriend even though he's getting these threatening emails from her boyfriend and he's he's like I'm not doing anything. Uh, Jay and Diane were friends and he was her her squad leader. All the things thus far that I know are, are true, true besides okay. the the kiss. Yep. Okay. So uh, at one point in that summer he asked Diane if David had ever cheated on her and her answer would change how Jay felt about Diane instantly. So she said yes. And Jay said, what did you do about it? And she said, I asked David to kill the other girl. Jay was sitting there. The girl s- that David cheated with. Yeah. Uh. Jay was sitting there stunned, like not sure whether to believe her or not. And Diane went on and said, I watched and David did. I watched him kill what? the girl that he cheated with, Adrian." What she said? I didn't participate, but I told him to do it, and then I watched him do it. What and Jay was like? W- exactly that. Like, are you? <laughs> Jay was like, "What? Are you being facetious? Are you like, joking? sarcastic? Right? It's not funny, but it the right? Like, but how do you just I come out and are. say that? So Jay didn't know what to think. He was like, "Is this true? Is this not?" realistically jay should have told somebody because there's you know there's a strict stringent honor code refer, referred to as the brigade of midshipmen honor concept it mandates that any midshipman so this must be the navy must promptly report any fellow midshipman who engages in lying cheating or breaking the law jay Decided not to disclose this information. Essentially, he's a mandatory reporter and he did not report. Exactly. He said, I didn't want to believe it. I thought maybe she was just trying to get attention.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So even though Jay kept his mouth shut, Diane did not. By late August, Diane had told the story again, this time with her two roommates, Mandy Gotch and Jennifer McCurney. So like... Is she pissed at her
1: boyfriend? And I mean, I'm just. Maybe. My thoughts are like, is she really thinking he's cheating on her and is just angry? That would be a real shitty thing to do. Also, I'm still wondering if this is true that he did it. Right. Either way, I guess it's shitty. It's
0: more shitty if he didn't do it. For her. Yes. It's more shitty of her if he didn't do it. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 if
1: she said do it whether she was being serious in the moment or not and he did do it and she watched
0: then I'd say whatever I mean whatever so Adrian told her roommates this during a late night conversation and it came up kind of like this they were talking about Diane and David's relationship and one of the roommates were like you guys seem so close you seem so strong I know you're worried, but, like, it seems like you guys would do anything for each other. And Diane said, yes, we would. And the roommate said, even kill for one another? And she was kind of joking. And Diane paused and then said, well, we have. We have killed for each other. And then told the story about how David killed Adrian because she asked him to. Well, I'd change her statement a bit that David would kill for her. Yeah, that's true. That's Okay, also, it doesn't matter. That's an important distinction, but... So the roommates again, like Jay, were like, "What the fuck? This cannot be real. This 18 year old girl, her boyfriend cheated on her, and she told him. To, I mean, like, no, this can't be true." But the the next day, they were they were still feeling unsettled about this. So they went to the Navy chap chaplain chapl- chaplain chaplain. They went to the Navy chaplain and disclosed the conversation that they had had with uh, Diane the night before. Yeah,
1: that's a lot to carry, especially, I mean, especially if you know it's true. And also, especially if you're uncertain and you're like, what is happening? Of course. Also, do I want to stay in a room with a girl? who no. Murdered. And someone? also, I imagine to some extent, they're mandatory reporters as well. It doesn't matter. They did uh,
0: the thing that makes sense. So the chaplain reached out to the Navy attorney at the Academy and. Um, and asked him to start making inquiries at police departments across
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You just leave that in.
1: And we just don't comment on it. Aquas. It's like Lequoi uh,
0: Across the Dallas Fort Worth region to ask if there were any unresolved cases involving the murder of a teenage girl. On August 29th, the Navy attorney contacted the Grand Prairie Police Department. Remember, that's the police department right next to Mansfield, where Adrian's body was found. So the Navy attorney contacted Grand Prairie Police Department. And the next morning, detectives boarded a flight headed to Annapolis. So they pulled Diane, once detectives arrived in Annapolis, they went to the Naval Academy. They pulled Diane out of the first pep rally of the season for the Navy's football team Mm -hmm. Dan was escorted down a long hallway and led to a room where there were several detectives and a Navy official. She didn't confess to anything. Her only acknowledgement was that during that plebe summer, which plebe is the word I guess I call like the newest uh, the most recent? The the newest like people in the Navy. I don't oh, wanna, oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah, a, yeah. like a plebe. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. So during that plebe summer, is what they call it. She um, she was feeling insecure, and she made she told the police and the detectives that she had made up a fascinating story about a murder to to appear more sh- strong or resilient to her peers she to, wanted, get yeah, like, to get Jay attention. Like Jay initially had exactly. reflected on or pondered, and police remained unconvinced. They didn't believe this story. Like you are going to talk about it, that you murdered somebody so that you well, come that, across as strong that you are. Boyfriend. boyfriend right right but they had no Still, evidence yeah they had no evidence they right. didn't believe her but they had no evidence so right. they had kind of limited options so the Navy authorities told Diane that she was temporarily suspended they sent her back home until this whole situation was resolved um, they gave her an airplane ticket from Baltimore to Atlanta and then onward to Dallas oh so she didn't get kicked out of school but like she was suspended she bye had to leave. bye yeah and so she, initially, she, she did, she went from Baltimore to Atlanta. But when she got in Atlanta, she changed her ticket and boarded a flight to Colorado Springs to visit David at the Air Force Academy.
1: Hmm. Which still doesn't tell me anything except for she wanted to see her boyfriend. Right. Well, and nobody still knows. That's not a good thing to do when you've been suspended by, because of this. Right. Right. Like, go straight home
0: but nobody so nobody really knew no one knows what they talked about what they did like she went there and then she did eventually go home
1: i wonder how long it took the police or whoever the people to, know, to notice to that it's it's a, a good question that cuz they i mean i imagine if they said you know you're suspended and we are essentially we want you home right. to per- safety to protect the people here and sure. whatever else um but do you think they would check up
0: on, like, that she actually made it home?
1: I mean, I think they should if they think she's a possible suspect. You're right. They should. I don't know, I don't if, know they if they did. did. Yeah.
0: And I can't imagine that she stayed in Colorado Springs for that yeah. long with David. He's he's at school. He's in his military academy. What, what is she doing? She's sleeping in his, like, bunk
1: in this day and age, though, and maybe not because she wasn't yet convicted or indicted or anything, but like in this day and age, wouldn't there be like a flat, you know, like people can be flagged. Yeah, you can flag through the yeah. flights, the airport, the TSA. You think,
0: and they have like an escort waiting in yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth Okay, her.
1: but maybe not because she, it was just more like, let's get her out of here. Yeah. We don't have any evidence. We don't know if this is true.
0: Right. So after Diane had left Colorado Springs but not too long after detectives had questioned her in Annapolis they showed up in Colorado Springs and David and they t- to talk to David
1: right presumably not or i'm guessing not necessarily cuz they knew she went there
0: they no. were talking to the next person right yeah so david was to the detectives he was dis- in disbelief he couldn't believe this like ridiculous story that Diane had made up However, the investigators told David that they located his friend in Burleson. His friend, who David and Diane walked up to his bedroom window that night, tapped on the window and asked to be let inside covered in bloody clothes. Mm. And so they found that friend. They talked to that friend. Is that true or did they just say that? That's true. Okay. They did. And there were Air Force officers in the room during this questioning of david and they continued to implore him to tell the truth that it was your responsibility if you ever want to be a member of the air force you have to tell the truth and if you tell the
1: truth and the truth is you murdered someone good luck being in the air force buddy right they did not say that of course i mean of course (laughs) (laughs) i'm just speaking they weren't like
0: tell the truth and then you're kicked out and see in jail
1: also if david had a brain i'm sorry but if david you know come on right you can't do a well, he you're, can't possibly think he's gonna. Uh, you can't admit to murdering if he did right, murdering right. someone, and then still be an air force officer. I mean, you're going no. to
0: prison either right. way. And eventually, David David did relent.
1: Oh, oh he didn't sure. say anything. Oh,
0: but he sat down in front of a word processor and composed a confession spanning four and a half pages. Part of this was later published in the in the Dallas Morning Newspaper. Mm. Um. One forensic psychologist read it in the in the Dallas Morning News and said this, his confession is similar to a Danielle Steele novel, oh. <laughs> which is, I don't know if that's actually funny, but it's interesting. Well, to me, it's,
1: Danielle Steele, the first thing that hits my mind is like a romance Steamy. novel. Yeah. Stee- so yeah. like, he, it's kind of maybe it was in a way like romanticized yes. because there's- Love and love, you know, quote unquote, love, lust, killing for love. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So David wrote in his confession letter that a month after he slept with Adrian on that one night after the the cross country meet, he was tormented by guilt and shame. Um, he said his quote perfect and pure relationship with Diane had been defiled by the one girl who had stolen from us our purity.
1: Oh, wow. You're really putting it on the
0: person that allegedly you Mm -hmm. murdered at this point.
1: Wow. What about you? You just
0: like... You get off scot-free? Like, come on. Mm. He felt so guilty that he eventually told Diane. And for at least... And this is a quote from David. For at least an hour, she screamed sobs that I wouldn't have thought were possible to come from a human. It wasn't just jealousy. For Diane, she had been betrayed, deceived, and forgotten. He said that Diane then gave him an ultimatum. Kill Adrian or we're done. Wow, he's really into blaming the women in his life. <laughs> That's a really good observation. He sure is. He blamed Adrian and now he's blaming Diane. Yeah, you're right.
1: And I'm not saying yeah. um, Diane had no part in the urging or unsing him towards it. Sure. And also, and I get they're teenagers and all that,
0: but still. Well, they're 19 doesn't, now. It doesn't freaking matter take some maybe he does so i'll shut up well he said quote i didn't have any harsh feelings for adrian but no one could stand between me and diane so in his confession he said that on the night of december 3rd and i pause because some things say december 4th which just blows my mind that there that news that actual newspapers and news reports some of them say one date and some of them say well, the other think they
1: probably do research as you do and i get it was more timely at the time right but also you know it's like a i mean it's not but like in some ways a game a telephone of like yeah that's th- true you get also, it from this beginning this. the first week of december right
0: that's true yeah so the it first doesn't really matter to the, our listeners no it doesn't think. no so the first week of december i like that that's what i should probably start doing. Yeah. Um David said that he contacted Adrian and expressed a desire to meet up with her. So he took, uh, he got in Diane's parents' car, a Mazda protege, and went to go pick Adrian up. He said that night, let me come pick you up. I want to talk. Diane was in the car in the hatchback, hiding behind the back seat. He went and picked up Adrian from her house. And they traveled to an isolated country road where Adrian kind of l- reclined the passenger seat a little bit because she thought we're going to we're going to fool around again. Yeah. yeah. And. Oh, that's I mean, this
1: is all awful and sad, but she obviously had a th- had a thing. She liked To David. some extent for yeah.
0: David and she probably like dolled up. And yeah. She thought that this is what was going to happen. And David kind of leaned Ugh. over to embrace her, and right as he did that, Diane popped up from the back of the car and hit Adrian in the head with a dumbbell. Adrian, however, did not die. And this is a direct quote from David's confession letter. I realized too late that all those quick, painless snaps seen in movies were just your usual Hollywood stunts. Adrian somehow crawled through the window after she was hit, and to our horror, started to run off. I was panicking and just grabbed the Makarov 9mm to follow her. To our relief, at the time, she was too injured from the wounds to her head to go very far. She ran into a nearby field and collapsed. And in that short instant, I knew I couldn't leave the key witness to our crime alive. I just pointed and shot. I fired again, and then I ran to the car, and Diane and I drove off. The first things out of our mouths were, I love you. And then I realized that Diane's thirst for revenge had faltered because she said, we shouldn't have done that, David. When this precious relationship that we had was damaged by my thoughtless actions, the only thing that could satisfy her womanly vengeance was the life of the one that had for an instant taken her place. I mean, he's a very flowery writer. Like that's quite elaborate. You know, it's not like I shot her. She died, I, you know, <laughs> Diane
1: Steele maybe, and
0: not that I think Diane Steele's the.
1: But I don't know if I've ever actually read her. She's not the most poetic author, but he very kind he, of elaborate. He's a good, he's yeah. a good writer. He's
0: very, very good writer. Well, so Diane had a slightly different confession, because eventually they went to Diane, you know, and so she gave her confession, and she said that when David stopped the car presumably in Adrian's mind to kind of hook up with Adrian, Diane came out from the hatchback and asked Adrian, said, Did you have sex with David? And Adrian said that she did, but she didn't enjoy it because she felt guilty. And Diane then became very angry and she got into a struggle with Adrian and hit Adrian in the head with the weight because she was trying to protect herself in this struggle uh all of that it's like w- semantics so it is semantics because right. then they, the part she her statement otherwise matched david's that he runs she, uh, adrian runs away from the car he shoots her they drive off and um both of them said that then they cleaned the car that had blood in it um diane said that david was vomiting while they were trying to clean the car i bet um and then Diane went home, and in her calendar that day, she wrote Adrian 1.38 eight a m. 1.38 eight a m. Yeah, creepy. Yep. So both of them were obviously arrested. Uh, they found authorities searched both of their homes and found the handgun and several dumbbells in the attic of David's ha- home. Uh, while they were in holding, I thought I just thought this was an interesting tidbit. Every day, officers would watch Diane doing push-ups and sit-ups relentlessly in her cell. She asked for history and government textbooks so she can continue her studies. And people, obviously, around Mansfield were, I say obviously a lot, people around Mansfield were shocked. How could this happen? Why would this happen? Um, people knew of David and knew of, it. you know, this is a small town. They knew of these kids. They were star athletes and, and worked at local restaurants. Um, after the fact, a lot of teenagers, a lot of their friends and and classmates came forward and said like, I did think something was off about David. I did think maybe something was going on, but they didn't want to be accused of like narking on their friend, which is such a, I haven't heard that word in so long, but it reminds me of high school. Like, don't be a narc.
1: Also, maybe they didn't want to be perceived as I I kind of knew something was going on, but I kept quiet. Right. Right. Like they don't want to narc and they don't want to be affiliated
0: as in I kept quiet. Right. So uh, after the initial kind of national attention that was given to this case due to uh, uh, Diane and David being arrested, Anna Barrett, a journalist from the Mansfield News Mirror, went on kind of a journey to uncover some positive things about the high school. She wanted to uplift the community's spirits. She was like, let's find out some good things that are going on. But she said, there's a noticeable shift in this town and you can sense it. And she had a lot of trouble finding any positive things because there was a noticeable shift. Within a month of Diane and David being arrested, a junior at Mansfield High High was shot in the face with a shotgun. A girl who had been on the cross-country team with them hung herself. And Bill and Linda Jones at this point are dodging reporters and paparazzi. I don't know if that's what you would actually call them. I guess just reporters. But they had to change their phone number because they were getting so many phone calls from reporters, television shows, movie producers. One movie producer said... Was explaining why David and Diane's story would make a great mini mini series, and he said, "It's a modern day Romeo and Juliet. Only they kill someone else instead of each other, or kill them. Doesn't
1: Romeo and Juliet kill
0: themselves because right. of their love? Right. And so he's saying they kill someone else. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I uh, the uh, hmm. the person that got shot in the face and the high school girl that hung herself who knows if that had anything to do with this right like i wasn't assuming it did right i perhaps my mind went to yeah okay it would have happened either which way
0: yeah that's true i think so probably and
1: like how i don't know but how often does that happen at blank high school across the country but of course they're this high school you know we're going looking for evidence that it's there's good here but right. uh, and then they found that you know it's a comf- often, confirmation bias
0: that's interesting that's
1: that is not that she was looking for bad but right. kind of the in a roundabout
0: way and that's interesting because i'm trying to think i went to high school with a war a lot of people at a very big high school and in the four years that i was there did anybody kill themselves or get killed i don't know
1: also, you went to a very big high school. Very big, yeah. I mean, I guess you would have pr- probably, probably heard known. about it. Probably no, there would have been something. But maybe you not. want to cut this, perhaps. But you went to a very rich, white high school. I did, and I'm not saying I don't have that, to cut that. That's fine. That's yeah, true. You know, like I'm not saying many white rich people commit suicide, and it's just as tragic, but yeah, maybe not those- as prevalent.
0: Yes, that's probably true. I don't know. I don't don't know either. I would assume that. I know that most people, most school shooters are white. Well, yeah, but that's a different thing. That's true. Anyways. All right, we're getting off. Um, So uh, Diane's two-week trial began February 1998. So she was in custody for two years prior to her trial. Uh, It was in Fort, Fort Worth. And Linda Jones, Adrian's mother... This is interesting. Actually asked that the death penalty be removed as a sentencing as a sentencing option from both Diane and David's trial. They were going to have separate trials. Why is that interesting? Because they killed her daughter and she. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Adrian's mom asked the death penalty be removed.
1: Maybe she didn't want any other parent to go through what she was going through. Which is amazing, I think.
0: It is. I mean. And or
1: maybe she wanted them to rot and suffer in prison. That's what I would want.
0: So that's true. So
1: either which way is. Yeah. Not lovely, but like understandable.
0: Yeah. During the trial, Diane admitted to being at the scene of the crime, but said she had no participation in killing Adrian. Uh, The Naval Academy midshipman and her roommates both stated that when she told them about it when she told jay and her roommates about it she showed no remorse she did not feel bad nothing after more than six hours of deliberations over two days the jury found diane guilty of capital murder in the death of adrian jones and under texas law murder is the intentional killing of another human being capital murder Includes murder with an underlying felony of kidnapping, robbery, aggravated sexual assault, arson, or obstruction. So, I'm, I guess kidnapping is kind of what they, I assume what it was.
1: And maybe, I mean, I'd have to look up the definition, but kidnapping could be, hey, I'm saying I'm. Gonna we're going to gather yeah. for one reason, and then but it. I have a Absolutely. whole different reason. Right. Yeah. So she was, and I'm uh, taking you in my personal
0: vehicle to an isolated right, place. It was Diane's mom's car. Yeah. yeah, So Diane was transferred from a jail in Fort Worth to the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. She was held in a state prison in Gatesville, Gatesville, Texas, and at one point she actually had to be held in protective custody. Um, I guess she was having a lot of trouble with the other prisoners. Uh, uh, meaning meaning perhaps she went into solitary confinement yeah they had to yes she did protective custody she had to be placed not in gen pop like not in the general oh, population because maybe because her story was so publicized perhaps or whatever perhaps.
1: yeah oh, i think a lot of cel- like not that she was a celebrity yes. but yeah but yeah they get similar half-fold. idea
0: um several years later uh, diane got to know Stephen mora a fellow texas inmate through the mail he had uh, he was accused of or com- convicted of committing auto theft and burglary and was in prison for threatening someone related to one of his cases same they, prison as her well they never met in person but he was he was in texas i don't know where okay so they never met in person but they uh, corresponded yeah. and co- communicated via mail although i don't know how you meet like how do you meet somebody like that you're well, both in prison
1: perhaps because i think in many pri- many prisons yeah you can still they put on the the news yeah, that's true true. and i don't know yeah that's i'd be interested to know that there's also things like well how do they get cigarettes in there and how do they make liquor you know they've after i'm
0: sure there's ways you don't want to miss what happens next in today's murder story so don't go anywhere we'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors Um, so I I don't know how they met, but they did. They corresponded through the mail and they decided to get married and they petitioned uh, Bexar County in Texas for a marriage license in 2003. They were, they had a wedding ceremony on June 17th, 2003. So I wonder, he must've been at least close, close
1: -ish ish by. And what's the benefit of getting married when you're in, what was her sentence? Do we know? You didn't say. It, life what, in prison. Oh, it, well, you did yeah. say. Okay, life sorry. Life in prison, yeah.
0: Um, maybe I didn't say that. But yes, yeah, she was um, sentenced to life in mm. prison. Um, so Diane's mother and one of her male friends actually stood in for Diane and Stephen. And it was the, the county's first ever proxy marriage. So mm. they were married by proxy where Diane's mom was acting as Diane and the and male friend, friend was acting, acting, acting as, as Stephen. Yeah. Steven. Um, it was performed by a judge in San Antonio. Huh. I, I don't know the benefit. That's really an interesting thing to look up. But either way, they were divorced around 2008. So it lasted about five years. Um, well, I
1: imagine if you've never met your spouse and you can't see
0: them. <laughs> right. I don't understand. Is it just a challenging about- marriage? <laughs> marriage is pretty challenging by itself maybe it'd be better not <laughs> seeing the person i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean i know that my relationship there's got to
1: be a benefit though right because otherwise why would you do it or maybe it's just people gives in you prison to do?
0: yeah it gives you something
1: to do and some kind something. of hope yeah like even if you know you're never getting out it's like some it's something
0: it's some semblance of a normal a normalcy life. yeah even if that's it's totally it. abnormal i bet that's what it is yeah
1: it's just like i have a person so out there so sad someone out there well yeah but don't murder someone that's true it is it's
0: both it's sad and I I still feel sad for them because they're human beings and that must be awful and also they murdered somebody so you know yeah that's what you get but oh totally yeah (sighs) it's
1: both I feel sad because also someone who murders someone I have to imagine
0: they had shit in their life not that that's an excuse no no excuses but you know, think about I I can only think about how many times I've done things and, and impulsively. Impulsively and instantly regretted them. Obviously Thank God, God it's not murdering murder. somebody. But you know, instantly regretted it and wish yeah. I hadn't done that. Yep. I wish I hadn't sent that text. I wish I hadn't yep. driven that road, you yep. know, whatever. Yep. And unfortunately you Although know. we called it impulsive.
1: Yes. This it was, was emotionally charged, but not impulsive. That is such not in the moment impulsive. Yes, in the week. Yep, in the week or such month. A good distinction. Emotionally charged and perhaps emotionally impu- "quote unquote" impulsive. But not spur of the moment no, impulsive. You're right. It that's was like pre- if me- I throw a brick at your head right now because I'm mad at you, that's impulsive.
0: <laughs> right. In no in the moment. This yeah. was premeditated. Yeah. That's a really important distinction to make. It I is. agree. Yeah. And that and that also carries generally a much heavier sentence. Um So Diane stuck to that she had nothing to do with this. She was just there for years. So by two thousand and seven She had appealed so many times that she she wasn't able to appeal anymore. She exhausted them. She exhausted them. Um, But she did, her lawyer allowed her to take a polygraph test that was administered by Dateline. Her news story was that David and her had been breaking up and that David was using the murder to make sure that she was always tied to him. Uh, She noted that she did obstruct justice because she helped clean the car afterwards and she was an accessory after the fact but she said the jury convicted me of intending to kill Adrian which i did not uh so she admits to being in the car
1: maybe being there to like razzle her up or yep. whatever the word and then is and cleaning up afterwards
0: but never intending that did she, oh wow right she's huh. she's saying i had no intention i didn't know right. that was going to happen we we're going to kind of screw with her or like right mess with her and so she took this polygraph because she was like, I'm going to prove my innocence. And the the polygraph administrator kept telling her, please stop breathing so exaggerated. You're, you're breathing in a very exaggerated way. You can't do that. And apparently this is kind of like, this can deem a, a polygraph kind of like a, almost like a mistrial, like, can't read it. Right. Totally. Um, How many times have uh, people who administer
1: polygraphs, I'm not sure the official word, I'm sure, seen people try especially and this was before the internet was like a big big thing Seen people try to fit uh like one up a polygraph sure, sure. which i think i don't I know think, but once you try to do that
0: it's like they are looking out for that right and i think that there's probably people who try to you know beat it by like calming their breath bringing it down and then there are people who also like diane it sounds like like purposefully hyperventilating messing it up and so they mess it up so it's unreadable Right. Um, the the administrator did say that he did believe he had enough to say that she had failed the crucial question which was whether or not she had intended to kill adrian yeah he still said she failed even with her trying to mess it up
1: and that's something i don't know if this is true for all polygraphs but i believe but perhaps in general polygraphs like on NYPD blue or whatever, huh. they'll just ask like 50 questions. Right. What I've seen is that polygraph administrators mm-hmm. before the polygraph is even the stuff's put on to measure the heart rate. They will say, okay, let's agree on two or three questions that we're going to go through. Right. Right.
0: Like, yeah, so, I think so I don't think it's as, extensive. it's not just
1: like, Oh, okay. Put, right. Strap
0: this on and right. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Um, in one of her appeals, this was a big one, she really pushed for this, that because of the national attention her case got, the trial was televised live, and there were at least two books and a TV movie, a made-for-TV movie made about this. So she said that she had been threatened and assaulted by other inmates, and she deserved to be, like, released based on this. Because it wasn't her fault there was so much media attention. Okay, but if
1: that, to me, that's like... Reason for a solitary confinement type thing, right? Or not? So, you know, uh, and I believe not she,
0: general population. She was in and out of solitary, or you know, yeah, uh, protective custody. David's lawyer for his trial was trying to challenge. So his uh, strategy was to challenge David's confession, saying that the Air Force Academy, that he was confined at the Air Force Academy with detectives and other Air Force um, officers. And they questioned him for more than thirty hours before he confessed to belief. Thirty hours. That is I mean, I've heard we've seen confessions heard been stuff. thrown out for less than thirty hours. Sure, but there's I'm guessing they're gonna say
1: they coerced him after thirty hours, right. lack that's of what, sleep, lack of food, minimal sang. water, yep. whatever. That's what his basic human rights were kind of taken
0: away. And that's all that the lawyer had because he he typed up his own confession, so the lawyer. That's the only thing he could use to defend David. And ultimately, on July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight, a jury found David guilty of capital murder. He was also sentenced to life in prison. So, did the
1: judge or jury or whomever grant the no death
0: penalty? They did. Hmm. Interesting. They did. Um. He was held at uh, a unit near Huntsville in 2016. He was moved to a different unit. And as of 2018, he was held in Wichita Falls and enrolled at the Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary's inmate seminary in order to become a pastor behind bars. Uh, He said that his confession to the police was correct. It was true. And he was extremely remorseful for murdering uh, Adrian. And he said... If he could do it over again, he would have pleaded guilty to the murder. Well, I,
1: this sounds weird, but I can, I really kind of appreciate mm-hmm. that, that he, yes, he, it's awful, terrible, all the things. And also that he at least is owning it today. And I thought you were going to say that if he could go back in time, he wouldn't have murdered her. Sure. I'm certain uh. he
0: thinks that. But also he's saying, I would have. Owned it from the beginning. Yeah, And I think that's great. Um, He does still to this day insist that if it weren't for Diane's ultimatum, the murder would have never happened. But he still expresses guilt and said that his prison sentence, life in prison, he said, this is more than appropriate. And I accept it, which I mean, who cares? Right. Whatever.
1: And I get I, Of course, I want to jump on the, oh, you're still blaming the other female. But it's not that. But like, I get it. Like he... I don't get it. I'm just trying to, to the best of my ability, put sure. myself in his shoes or anyone's shoes at that age of like,
0: he- Can you imagine, though, at was that age? A peer, he was pressured. It is not her fault. No, it's- It's, it's his. It's, it's, it's both of it's theirs. It's both of theirs. Because supposedly she, according to him, she hit him with the, du- she hit Adrian with the dumbbell and then he shot her.
1: But I'm guessing the plan was to harm her from the get-go.
0: Of course it was. I do. I believe from everything I read, I believe that Diane absolutely gave David an ultimatum and said, "You have to kill her." Totally, and also, and also he could have said bye, and not done it. Right. Also, we are full-grown adults. Right. Well, if I put myself back, and it's tough to do, but if I put myself back into like my 16-year-old mind, like I was an idiot and incredibly impulsive and I thought that everything was the end of the world like every emotional thing sometimes I still do but every you still um,
1: probably wouldn't have murdered and we're just trying to kind of relate in the best way possible
0: right I, I, do, I wouldn't have murdered somebody but I I was very I I do understand the difference between I can be very unreasonable now but I can still at some point get my emotions under control whereas at 16 17 18 I was much less capable of doing that and i was never in love at 16 17, he was 18. desperate to keep his love he was very you know
1: also as, now it's so, we need to shut up it sounds like we're making excuses too <laughs> that's true you're right
0: it does kind of i guess there is no it's excuse. just
1: there is no excuse it's sad also, for everyone this is just a fact he was younger he wasn't fully formed in his brain right. he had peer pressure also yeah we've all had peer pressure and we didn't murder so that's
0: right neither here nor there thank you for owning it goodbye right (laughs) (laughs) yes they are both still alive and still in prison and um and that's it that's our story you know what i I read i was just in my head trying to think of a better way to end it because i did read a review that said the stories just end abruptly well, and, that's how they end. I was like, but, but that's kind of how it goes. Like, what do you want me to do? Keep talking about what? Should we like do a little story breakdown now? Well, no. maybe they'll
1: like that little
0: banter we went on where we started <laughs> it sounding like we murders. justified it for yeah. him. We are not, to be clear, defending the murderers in any way. No. It is absolutely awful. But I. it is sad to me to think about people who do things in their teenage years that they pay for for the rest of their lives. Because we are...
1: Not currently our teenage selves, right? Also, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna know. go too far. <laughs> we're gonna and start we're gonna sounding uh, you sympathetic. Know. To her, yeah.
0: So we'll leave it at that. And for and I'm assuming the person who said that the episodes end too abruptly is not listening. But if they are, sorry, that's how it ends. It's well, they're in story. prison. Yeah, they're in prison as they should be, and and that's it. Our thoughts will be with uh, Adrian's family and all the families. I'd say because yeah. the families all lost
1: kids all lost children yeah kids yeah parts of their family um in different ways <laughs> that's true i don't mean to laugh but you know what i mean yes. like
0: some can still visit perhaps all right well we will say goodbye i think at this point yeah. and if this is if you're listening to this uh the day after christmas then Hopefully you had a lovely holiday if you celebrate.
1: Well, you're not sure you're putting it out. So it this is coming out after Christmas, period. Yes, it is. Whether it be the day after or the week after. Or the day after the first day of the new 2024. That's right. So either way. Ha- happy New Year
0: and happy holiday. Thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> go follow, leave us a review. It really does help our podcast when you leave reviews and rate and review us, even the bad ones. And... Uh, find our Patreon, follow us on socials. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Goodbye. Oh, good night
1: and good luck.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez.
1: Good night and good luck, you guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Death by Southwest is hosted by Jenna Schneider and Margot
0: Carmichael. Executive produced by Margot Carmichael. Produced by Jenna Schneider. Audio editing and sound design by Margot Carmichael music by Soundstripe. And a special thanks to Edward R. Murrow for letting us borrow his famous sign-off phrase, good night and good luck.
2: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient